You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're showing you how to create a lean, mean performance machine. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. The episode you're about to listen to is one of five in a powerful business transforming series that we have put together for you called Down to Business. It's an in-depth, inside look under the hood of how we run an eight-figure company at a high level of performance with a high profit margin. And as you dive into this episode, I wanna help you get the most out of this powerful series. When you head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB, That's mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB for down to business. You're going to get your hands on a free accompanying workbook called the 5X Your Business Performance Workbook designed to help you implement and integrate the exercises and training that we've provided for you in these five episodes. So head on over to mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash DTB right now, grab that workbook and enjoy the episode. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Jilly Cedeno. And this is the Mind Your Business Podcast, where we help you create business success from the inside out. Right now, we are doing a fantabulous series called Down to Business. This is episode four in our series, where we are lifting up the hood to our business machine to help show you how to run a healthier, leaner, more profitable business in 2021. And today, we are talking all about the P word, not the profit. Nope. We've been talking about that, performance. We're going to show you how we run and operate at an efficient Olympic level, how we run circles around others, and how we have a high, high level of workability within our company. Mm -hmm. This is going to be good. I can't wait. I hope you guys have gotten caught up on our last three episodes. If not, it may be a great place to start. We've been releasing these episodes every Monday on this series, Down to Business. We've got a few more coming your way after this one as well, including a special guest interview, Darlene, our operations manager. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be giving you the ultimate operations checklist, things you need to start thinking about, whether it's you know the taxes, the payroll, the HR, the legal, all these things that over time you need to start putting in place. You don't put in place before you decide to create your first product. Right. You put in place as you go. So important. So we got a lot of good stuff coming. But today is about performance. And the reason why we wanted to talk about this today is because we've been talking about profit Mm -hmm. and expenses. But that's just money. And money is only one resource. And we have another resource and metric that is very valuable to us, which is time. And money is an infinite resource. Time, sadly, It is not. Performance is kind of like the profitability of time. (laughs) Yeah, it's time profitability. Yeah. It's the effectiveness of things. It's the efficiency of things. It's the ease of things. It's the energy cost of things. Increasing performance is more output with not increasing more input. And we can't just look at ways in which we are wasting money that's preventing profitability, but ways in which we are wasting time. My dad told me this you know, time is money. And I would always kind of like scoff at it. That's not true. But in the realm of business, I believe it is true. In context of business, when you are in the business mode, time is money. If you're wasting time, you're wasting money. Now, in other areas of your life, like I love wasting time. I love like having lazy days and doing nothing. And that's fine. But that is recharging you. But doing something that is heavy and stupid and and waste of your time in your business, low value activities that frustrates you and pisses you off and leaves you drained is also a drain on your money. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are doing that. Mm -hmm. That's what we've been trying to say for like 400 episodes. So when you're doing the wrong things or you're doing them the wrong way, 
like way too slow. Like, oh, I, and we've seen this all the time. It's like, oh, you, wait, why are you doing that yourself? Or why are you doing that at all? Or yeah. that's how you do that? It's so funny how like all these episodes kind of like blend together. They're so different, but also come together at the same time. Definitely. For example, like spending time trying to figure out how to piece together 50 different free softwares instead of just paying for like the one good one. What a waste mm-hmm. of time and money and energy to try and do that. It's so much more work. So what we want to talk to you today about is how to create a lean, mean business machine. Six things that you can do to stop the expense of time to decrease your time expenses and increase performance. These are not going to be what you think. And they're for most people, these are the most important things. Like it comes down to like this. This is how I want you to do it. Gunslingers, right? You know, like the they, they do the draw out in the wild, wild west and they stand out in the middle of the road. Some of my metaphors, I go way out there. It's like, <laughs> Julie, I know Julie's brain just went, okay, where is he going to go? I was with like, this? this is a new one. I haven't heard this one yet. So I'm the metaphor master over here. <laughs> so you know that like, and then the tumbleweed, right? Yeah. And so they're the gunslinger. He goes out with the spurs. See, they're like Western or like Chuck Norris or something. Walker, Texas. I heard that show's coming back on. Fun fact, my uncle worked on that show for the nine years that it was live. He lived out in Texas and was actually really good friends with Chuck Norris and has lots of stories. So a little fun fact for you. No one cares. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So then all of a sudden you draw, right? And it's like, how fast do you get the gun out of your head? And then back in, right? Please go watch our YouTube version of this just for that. (laughs) Wait, which camera should I look? All right. So here's the question for you, my friends. How fast can you go from idea to action? Like, oh, that's where he was going with this stupid metaphor. How fast, like, let's say you're at a mastermind. Let's say you're like collaborating with a group of people and someone said, hey, we've got, like, we have a great one that we do. We have a really cool strategy we're doing on the podcast. I'm not telling, not telling you. You think we're giving it all? No, there's always more to be desired. And this thing is making us like on autopilot revenue every single day. Not telling. But if I went and told you, this is ridiculous. There's, well, if we did a drinking game of how many voices have already come up in this episode. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, okay. So yeah, this is a, we'd be drunk. Where were we? So if I shared this idea with you and I said, oh, here's this thing where we're making like 500 bucks a day doing nothing. And you said, oh, I want to do that. The real question I have you got to be honest with this real question. How long would it take for you to go from idea to implementation? Mm -hmm. Not the big things, not like a huge project, like write a book, publish it and do a book tour. I'm saying like the little things that just boom, add this, implement this. It's kind of like the things we talked about in the last episode. Like one of those things, how quickly can you How long does that take you? Mm -hmm. And if that's a really long, slow process and you keep putting those at the bottom of the to-do list because you're doing the reactionary, low value things, there's a performance issue. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is look at it from that standpoint, which is how fast can you go from great money-making idea to actually making money from that idea? And that should be the focus. And that's what we're talking about with increasing performance. Like we go to an event, a mastermind, any type of collaboration, or I get on the phone with a peer and they share an idea. It's like, it becomes a game of how fast can I take that from my idea list to my reality list? Mm-hmm, exactly. So I don't know. Do you want to capitalize off of great ideas or you just want everything to sit on an everlasting, never ending to-do list? That's up to you. Yeah. And I think once you start putting this into practice and start implementing faster and with you know less effort, it just becomes more of a habit versus like constantly like telling yourself, oh, just later, 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 and just like training your subconscious mind to mm-hmm. do things Not later or never. Yeah, yeah exactly. So here we go. Six things that's going to transform your performance and productivity within your business. And the number one is the one we talk about more than anything. It's like we're beating a dead horse. Oh my gosh, he's talking about it again. And that is... Integrity. 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 I'm not going to do another episode. We have an episode all on it. We're going to link it up. Dr. Steve Jensen, Harvard business professor, studied companies that adopted integrity as their number one core value within their company. And they saw a productivity increase of anywhere from 300 to 400% without any direct increase of input, effort, money, resources, you know, people. Mm -hmm. It's that right there. Everything with performance and workability begins and ends with integrity. 
And your team, if you have even one member of your team, can't be any stronger when it comes to integrity and other things as well, can't be better at this than you. Your team is as strong as you Mm -hmm. could ever be. So when you lack integrity, you set the bar, you set the example. So James, what is integrity? People think, yes, it's like, thank you. Someone who's more like, we're not talking about morality. We're not talking about having a, a moral compass. Those are, should be innate and not even discussed. That's like obvious, like don't do bad things, but that's not what we mean by integrity. Integrity is this innate, intimate, almost dance slash relationship with your word as a human being. And you know, like your word is your bond. You've heard those phrases before. Your word is your bond. So you are only as complete, as whole, as workable as to the degree in which your word matches your actions and matches who you are. And when those are unaligned, then you don't have workability. You have breakdowns left and right. Mm -hmm. And here's the funny thing. This is so powerful. We're not going to spend too much more time on this one is that The tricky, 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 tricky thing here is, is that when things ain't working in your business, productivity issues, people not doing their jobs, da, 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 you not doing yours, the last place we look is integrity. Mm -hmm. It does not show up for us as an integrity issue. Integrity issues don't look like integrity issues. They look like this took too long. Someone's not doing that. I'm tired. Someone's not doing their job. That the things came up. They look like excuses. They look mm-hmm. like reasons. They look like external variables. They look like blame. They look like complaining. But they never look like integrity. Mm-hmm. And integrity is being your word. Integrity is honoring your word. Integrity is saying whatever leaves your lips is the most important. I get your attention. Is the most important thing in your world because your word creates your world and if your word is crap diddly then your world will reflect that and it all starts with you and your self-integrity absolutely and what you tell yourself you're going to do that's a big factor when it comes to performance because as we know willpower is a finite resource so if you're putting off the things that you know and you tell yourself that you need to do in your business but you just keep putting it off throughout the day you're not going to do it and if you're not staying in integrity with yourself and the things you tell yourself that you're going to do in your business that matters how can you ever expect people on your team or people that you work with to follow suit exactly and the biggest thing about it is cleaning it up, right? So like I'm out of integrity all the time, but I'm always like, oh crap, I'm late or here's what's happening, you know, da, 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 da. And that's a huge, huge piece of it is to be able to honor and clean it up, put your ego out of the way. Like so many bosses, entrepreneurs that start to build a team, try to impress their team by like, I have it all together and I'm perfect and I don't make mistakes and I have all the answers. That's not leadership Mm-mm. at all. That's going down a very different route. That's just a lot of ego and stuff. And that doesn't inspire leadership. It doesn't inspire anyone to follow you. So what we're talking about here is not just integrity, but what we've done within team for performance is to make integrity our number one core value. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we constantly teach on to the team on our meetings. We talk about it. We give exercises. We give examples. We award people who are demonstrating integrity and we use it as a distinction when we're working, you know, with each other. It's not like we call each other out like we're the integrity police, but we constantly support each other in being in more integrity in our lives and in the in business. And that's everything. Mm-hmm. If you don't have this and you don't start here, it really doesn't matter what I have to say next. Right. And I think like another perk of having integrity as your core value is just when it's in there and it's working there's just a level of trust that's, you know, yes. built into your team. So it's like, yes. it's dependability on Yeah. You. And it just helps you perform better because like, it just creates that mental space of like, Oh, I told someone to do something. I just know they're going to do it. It's not like I have to check in with myself like every, you know, day, like, do, are they doing it? Are they going to get it to me? Exactly. You know, and that, and you know that feeling is awful. Yeah. Feeling, mm-hmm. And you know. you know how like unproductive you are when you have all those things in the back of your mind. <laughs> okay. I think we harped on that one enough. Yep. I hope so. You can always re-listen to that part if you need to. But we're going to go on to the second one, which is structure. Structure creates more freedom. The more structure your business has, the more freedom you get back. And the moment you start creating a team, the moment you need to start creating that structure. And here's the really funny thing. It's just such a Chinese finger cuffs thing, right? You got to go in to get out. It seems so counterintuitive, but a lot of business is. A lot of why you haven't had the success you wanted to is because you're using common sense and you, it, what is required is 
uncommon sense. sense. And that is because so many things are counterintuitive. So just just do the opposite of what you'd normally do. I mean, I'm going to sound like such a jerk here, but like if things haven't been working, just you know, what would I normally do here? And then do the exact pretend opposite. It's, pretend it's opposite day. Always. It's just opposite day. And structure is one of those things because you start out, you start a business and so many people start a business for the wrong reasons. I talk about this. I harp on this a lot because it's like, I want to start a business. I want more freedom. I hate my boss. Worst possible reasons to start a business. <laughs> Why? Because no one cares. No one's going to give you money because you want to make money. Doesn't matter. But great businesses get built really fast when people say things like, oh, I could help these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see a purpose. I'm meant to do something more. I can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I, this is what people need. Big difference. So when we take our selfish wants into our business and let the selfish desires drive the business, you end up in a lot of big trouble. So a lot of people start a business because they want more freedom. And so they have that freedom and flexibility and they kind of do that with their team Mm -hmm. and assuming that employees think and act and operate the same way and are driven by the same way that you as the entrepreneur are. And so you give them a lot of freedom, but not like good freedom. Like I can give freedom to my team by saying, listen, Jillian, I don't care what time you come into work. I don't care when you start. I don't care if you work on the weekends, like that there's freedom in that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's certain types of freedoms, but then there's like freedom where it's just like an unhealthy freedom where it's like, okay, I just want you to like help make the business grow. Yeah. So just like, if you could just like do that, (laughs) like, no, they need structure. And we're going to share three powerful things that we do to create structure things we've talked about in the past, but things we're really going to hammer home here. But your team, your employees, they require and crave and necessitate structure. Mm-hmm. We could add a couple things here. One of which I think is a great place to start is the org chart. Yeah. The org chart is the the bird's eye view of the company as it exists today with the roles and responsibilities and functions and functions mm-hmm. of each person. So it's all the seats And the title, people love titles. Mm -hmm. You probably don't as much as like, well, I don't need to be called any specific title, but they do. And they need to know what am I responsible for? What is my function? And how does it connect to the overall function of the company? It's like you have the macro function of the company. What are we here to do? What problems do we solve? How do we change the world? How do we make the world a better place? And then each role on the org chart plays a part or role in making that happen. And to take the time to flush this out creates a lot of structure that will actually help you. It'll help you a lot, especially if you're doing things all yourself. (laughs) Yes. And then from that organizational chart, each person or role has a metric. Mm -hmm. So we like to say that the metric manages the member, not Jilly or myself. We try to do as little managing of our members as possible. The metrics will tell them that they're doing a good job or not. Mm -hmm. And we could talk so much about this, but every single member on the team, except me, owns. (laughs) I think my metric is going to be happiness levels. Yeah. Jilly, how happy are you today? the happiest winning <laughs> 10 out of 10 right 11 out of 10 haven't stopped smiling <laughs> right but every other member other than me owns a metric so give me an example of someone on the team the role you don't have to give the specific name but the role and the metric social media assistant instagram followers and engagement yeah so a social media assistant and they own the metric of in as one of them instagram followers mm-hmm. so a lot of people don't do that they're like will you just manage my social media What does that mean? What does that mean? Like just manage it, like watch it every day. Does that mean comment on it every day? Does that mean like other people's posts all day? Like what the heck does that mean? But the moment we sit there and say, you are going to own a metric or else that metric is going to own you. Mm -hmm. And that metric is Instagram follower count. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we sit down and every 90 days, just like we have a macro level and 90, oh my gosh, is this all starting to make sense? Yes, a 90 day revenue goal. Each team member has a 90 day metric goal. My goal, James, Jilly, is to increase our followers by 100,000 followers by the end of those 90 days. Great, what do you need from us? Let's set up a plan. How are we gonna make this happen? What are we gonna do differently? What are we gonna let go of? What are we gonna do more of that worked? Boom, that becomes their focus. Their focus isn't to be a social media assistant. Their focus isn't to manage social media. Nay, it's to grow the Instagram by 100,000. That gives them focus and that creates more structure. Mm -hmm. Then every week it's posted on a scorecard 
that is reported in a, a weekly stand-up meeting that lasts no more than 30 minutes. Everyone has to stand up there. So our social media assistant has to say, hi, this past week we had a hundred new followers. Uh-oh, someone's very off track with right. their goal. They mm-hmm. might, they got to do something. And we're not concerned with them hitting their goal or not. We're concerned with how they show up when they're not hitting their goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's been a month of low numbers that you're reporting. What have you done differently? Nothing. I'm just doing the same thing I always do. Well, then you're not really taking responsibility, ownership of your metric. Yeah, having your business set up this way will really like give an opportunity for A players to shine as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing we'll share here in terms of structure within the company, and there's so many more things. We could talk about core values. We could talk about our performance reviews. We could talk about team retreats, Mm -hmm. all our, uh, the meetings we do, you know, department meetings, there's all kinds of stuff, but I don't want to bite off more than you can chew here. But obviously this is what makes BBD so fantabulous is our processes and execution guides. Everything that we do, we have an SOP. We have a standard operating procedure, a way in which we do it, which is based on an efficient way. And I'm going to give you a great example of when of a mistake that happened recently within the company yesterday Mm -hmm. that Jilly knows about. And so obviously what makes BBD great is we just share our execution guides, our processes with you. It's like, this is how we build a landing page. This is how I can go to anybody on a team that has no experience and say, here, build this landing page or set up this email autoresponder or send out that email broadcast. We even have a process on how to make processes. We have a process on how to make processes. (laughs) It's good meta here. It's like inception. So we had a little mistake yesterday. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. So See, she already knows. (laughs) I don't even have to say anything. We had a calendar invite go out that was supposed to be for like a Zoom call. But on the calendar, whatever the Google Calendar software they use, it automatically includes like a Google Meetup link. Is that a new feature? It must be a new feature because... Yeah, we've just seen it happen a couple of times now. So, so I'm on the Zoom link. Yeah, and the person meeting is on the Google Meet link. But we didn't put the two and two together. We don't even use Google Meet. So right. it was kind of like we wouldn't even know how to do that. So uh, there's a, whatever it is, there's a breakdown in the mm-hmm, process somewhere. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, we are a little curious, like, was someone not following the process or did the software like Google make a change? Right. And we don't know the answer if Google has always been doing that. Right. Regardless, we feel like there's a better way to make it easier for everyone. And this is such a simple thing, but it's not. Because the amount of like time wasted and scrambling. From like four different people on the team. Like, wait, okay, so I wasted time because I'm on a call and I blocked out time and changed my whole day to do that. And then it doesn't. So then what? You know what I mean? And then we're trying to get a hold of them. Their time is being wasted. Trying to figure out what happened. They're talking to two people. We're talking to You know what I mean? And it's just like these little things when they're not ironed out happen. And things like this don't happen all the time for us anymore because Mm -hmm. we put such an emphasis on this. But can you imagine that adds up fast? You have 30 minutes of time wasting, scrambling, reactionary here. You got 30 minutes there, 30 minutes. all Before you know it, all day is just spent in a reactionary state Mm -hmm. solving problems. When they need to have a... Here is the only way in which 100% of the time we book calls. Exactly. This happens, then this happens, and then that happens. And there is no deviation from it. That is the universal way. That is the way we were all taught because the way I know from my piece of it is I just go into my calendar and click on that link. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was two links and I'm always assuming it's Zoom. So I went to the Zoom one, they went to the Google. And now what it lets assume now, just to kind of play out this scenario, that this is a change in the software. Well, that means we just need to change our process. Maybe we add an email that says, here's the link, ignore the Google. Don't right. click on the, or make a note in the calendar. Don't use the Google link, please. It's a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Exactly. But the processes are living documents. They will need to be updated and changed when a new problem exists. But I'm telling you, if you just sat here and said, what are the biggest headaches in reoccurring tasks mm-hmm. like scheduling appointments, customer support, failed payments, like certain things that are repeat email inbox repeat tasks that are causing the most headaches, fail, lost passwords, refunds, cancellations that are causing way more time than they need to be. How do we make a more efficient way to do this? Put it in a process. You have to take the time. I know that doesn't make you money, but it's wasting you a lot of time and money to just like run around everyone trying to scramble, trying to solve it. Yeah. For a simple example, I mean, we had like the exact same type of call scheduled for later this week as well. So if we didn't take the time to kind of like find out what happened Mm -hmm. then and rectify it. And so it doesn't happen on this Thursday call, we would have found ourselves in the exact same position on Thursday, most likely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
anything else you want to add about creating structure? I mean, the execution guides, we have execution guides and step-by-step processes for running every type of launch. You know, we are very meta inception like ourselves. We use our own launch processes from business by design Mm -hmm. in our business. Yeah. I plan BBD. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's your Lego instruction manual. And like having that structure is so great because it's also from not just a willpower, but like decision fatigue and like brain power. Exactly. It's like, you don't need to remember things. You don't need to get creative all the time. It's just like, just follow the damn instructions. I know. And make it easy for yourself. I mean, here's what I do now because I feel like my time's a little bit more valuable as well than just sit down to make these processes. I'll just record myself doing something and send it to VA and have them yes. the process. Yes. Anything else about structure that you feel like you want to add? I think the biggest thing is like... <laughs> because we're throwing a lot at you, don't feel like you need to add everything. Just start with one, make it consistent in your business. I think consistency is key. Like things with scorecard, make sure you're, you know, using the exact same days every single week. You're not, you know, using like Thursday to Friday, one week, and then like Mm. Friday to Saturday. Those little things, consistency and just taking small steps toward this is super important. Here's something that's going to kind of blow your minds. Julie, how long do you think it took us to implement the scorecard, weekly meetings, and like the vast majority of our processes. From when I first started or from when we read Traction? Yeah, from like Traction. Um, I would probably say like a year and a half. Yeah, a yeah. year and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't like an overnight thing. No. You get started today and you work towards it. Mm-hmm. It just takes time, mm-hmm. but it's going to save you time in the long run. It's not all you do. You just have to add it to your list. Right. You know, that starts to get you to time back. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they're building out their team, they come up with this face like, oh, I don't have the time to train someone. We'll start creating these processes now, especially for the really tedious things in your business, because those are the first things that you can hand off right away and they can just go from the process. You don't even have to spend time teaching them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's pretty good with Mm -hmm. structure. Let's go on to the third one. This is a big one. We're going to actually create a separate episode completely on it because it's huge. Mm -hmm. And this is saying no and saying no at a macro and micro level. Saying no macro is like the opportunities. You know, just because your audience says, oh, can you create a product on this? Doesn't mean you create it. Right. Right. Like just whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It'll make me money. Right. And you're just like sacrificing long-term gains, long-term profit for a short-term greed. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time. It's very easy. And we said no to something recently, which we'll have a whole episode on this. And I'm just going to open that loop and tease you a little (laughs) bit. Why we said no to about 400 plus thousand dollars that we could have had in a week. Mm -hmm. Like, like that and why we said no to it and why it was an easy no. And how we came to that decision. Yeah. And how we can help you come to similar decisions. Absolutely, at any level. Mm-hmm. But that's such a big one. So are you just saying yes to creating every project? Are you just saying yes to be on every podcast? Are you just saying yes to speak everywhere? Are you just saying yes to do every opportunity, every offer, everything that comes Every platform. Your- yeah. Are you saying yes to be one of the reasons why we stopped doing YouTube, exactly. as we talked about in the previous episode, is so we could spend more effort on our podcast because mm-hmm. it is our philosophy as we've told you before and we'll talk about this in future episodes doing less and doing it better so it's one or the other guys do you want to do more or and do it crappier or do you want to do less and do it better if you had yeah. to choose choose the latter mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. so saying no is a big one and then on the more micro level like the day-to-day how much are you still saying yes to from your team like they come to you with stuff they're like okay well i'm stuck here we do this part and you still end up doing it mm. You know, even just yesterday with Atlas, who's learning to do some videography stuff, I gave him the camera and I said, you got YouTube and you got the camera, give you 30 minutes, start learning how to do it. I wasn't going to take 30 plus minutes to either set up the camera and do it all myself or teach him. I was like, here, just get started to get learning and that'll be good for you. And you learn some things and we'll go from there. So I'm constantly saying no to when things get added to my plate. And even things that I put on my plate myself. Mm-hmm. So you want to be mindful when people on your team start giving you more work. Yeah, one minute manager. Definitely read that. One minute manager, <laughs> the old school version. Yes. Which is like, it's a little like probably not PC. Probably not. Right? But it's principle based. It's so like. Just listen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like they talk about when someone gives you their problems, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And they, it's like, I think the metaphor he uses is like a monkey. monkey so yeah. it's like they come in the room and they're like, I have a question. And it's not that they have a question. It's that they don't want to deal with it. So they give the issue to you or they give the monkey to you. And they talk about how you want to make sure that person doesn't leave the office or the Zoom call without taking that monkey with them. Right. And that's really powerful. 
And so people will dump stuff on you and you're like, mm-hmm. wow. And you kind of want to be this like, I'm your hero, savior. I'll come and save the day. And it's like, you want to be like that parent to your kids. Like when your kids come to you and like, mom, I can't figure this out. And then all of a sudden you're doing their homework. <laughs> like your parents didn't do your homework for you. Don't do your kids homework, right? That's not helping them. So it's the same with your team members. Like you can figure this out. Give me three options. Narrow it down to three possibilities here. Or what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think is the best idea? If I, if you didn't have me here, what would you do? Get them to be a little bit more self-reliant, okay? But say no. No, 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 no. Sideline entrepreneurs, those that aren't actually being an entrepreneur, have this silly willy belief that opportunities are rare. And when you get one, hear one, find one, you, oh, you grab it. And then they go, oh, ooh, ooh. And before they know it, they got, this was like me in the old days, like seven businesses that you're trying to start at the same yeah. time. Get out of here. What are you doing? Go ask any seasoned entrepreneur. Go ask anyone who's, who has been around the block and they will chuckle at that because they see ideas and opportunities are everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Yeah, we say no more than we say yes, hands down. It's not about trying to be everything and do everything. It's about what do I want? How much money do I want because of the lifestyle I want, the impact I want to have, what I want to do, create, have experience in my life? And how do I find a way to do that the easiest, lightest, most efficient, simple way mm-hmm. possible? And that's a big difference. So yeah, we could have 10 more businesses. I don't want to. Yeah. We've even started a few businesses and said, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. We went down the rabbit hole of creating a physical product business. Yeah. We went to a 3D printer. Mm-hmm. We were designing a really cool like teleprompter. M- mobile teleprompter. Yeah. We just found everything that was like, this is going to work. This is going to great. And we went down that rabbit hole. We got it designed. We had the three. I still have it. It's in our storage <laughs> unit. It's a physical prototype of a really cool teleprompter. And we went down that and then we got to a certain phase because I look at, at, at milestones. Yeah. So we got to the milestone where we got the prototype that we were happy with. And then I started going, okay, what are going to be the costs? How much, how much is to get the molds made? How much is going to be the first batch, the initial investment? But what is it going to cost per unit to get this produced? Profitability. Right, exactly. <laughs> and how much could we sell this for? Yeah, and how much does it going to take it to be produced in the way that we want it to be produced? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it got a little dicey because I was like, the numbers don't look great. They look okay, which means more risk, more uncertainty. And so I looked at it from a left brain analytical approach first. And then I checked in and I said, you know, I've been honest, my heart isn't in this. Right. My heart was in it a hundred percent and it was a little dicey. I'd be like, do it. I'll make it happen. We'll figure out a way when it comes down to it. Yeah. Cause we had already invested quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of time too. Yeah. You know, I would work with a company. We freaking designed something <laughs> like it's so badass and we have it. Like I still have it. It's kind of like a trophy, you know, <laughs> yeah. like a, I think that was like my first project. It's a so memento. It. it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Heart wasn't in it. So we stopped. Mm-hmm. We said no. Mm-hmm. Best decision ever. Yeah. Plus it was in the video space and like we we're moving away from that. So right. my heart definitely wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. If I still had that video audience baked in, that's why I keep saying like your personal brand is your best asset. Because now I got a physical product that I could I could have them help me with the Kickstarter to mm-hmm. fund it yep. and then put it on Amazon and have them be my big first boost of reviews to get it ranked higher. Mm-hmm. And then it would be boom, 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 sale, 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 sale. Nope, didn't want to do that. Don't. It's not where my heart is. No. My heart is in teaching and coaching and transforming and helping people change their lives. This is why it's so important to have a vision, guys. It's so, so, yeah, so important. Because it had nothing to do with the vision. No. And it's like, this is, this is just the thing to make money. Right. But we could do more of that over here and being aligned with our vision. Mm-hmm. So saying no is so powerful. Okay. Now in the same vein of saying no, this is kind of a redundancy, but adds to it is what we're going to call number four, which is what we call dadding. It's the term we use in the business mm-hmm. in, within our company, Team Wedmore. To dad is to delete, automate, and delegate. So obviously to delete can be to say no to something. Like I'm no longer going to do this. Like we talked about in the last episode, deleting some expenses. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a software we don't use. Delete it. We used to do Pinterest every week. It's not really producing. We check in. It's not really doing things for us. We're not really 100%. Our heart's not in it. We deleted it. Mm-hmm. We got our time back. So we're constantly looking at ways to dad things. Automate. A, I keep doing this thing every week. And watch, Jilly's going to geek out on this and blow <laughs> your guys' minds. And how could I automate this? 
Jilly, what are some great examples of things that you or team members have automated that they used to do on a weekly basis? Yeah, well, tools, number one, monday.com. Monday.com. 100% customizable and can change your life. So especially when it comes to automation, all changer. Yeah. All my team members who kind of find themselves doing this just like geek out. So a great example, you know, for podcasts, because I know that's a lot really relatable for a lot of our listeners, we can set it up so that when James drops a file in Dropbox, for example, it will notify our podcast editor automatically. So it takes the person out of the equation. So freaking Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, you can automate emails. All sorts of things. Projects, like when this is done, it emails that person to say that it's their turn to do this piece. Yeah, I mean, I use it to manage myself so I don't have to like use so much brain power to remember everything that I do. So I set due dates for myself and then like I set up automated reminders when like things are coming. So so I do that for team members so like I don't have to manage them. Yes. I just sent out like automatic reminders, you know, like a day before their due date. Mm -hmm. This is like, hey, give me an update here. If you're doing something on a consistent basis, how can you automate it or the low value aspects of it? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing a podcast every week, I'm not going to say automate your podcast audio content, but can you automate the, the process The process once you finish doing your piece, mm-hmm. like how it gets uploaded, edited, managed, published, all that type of stuff. So it's off your plate. Now, the second D in dad is delegate. And we do something really different than most. We build teams differently than most and we are better than most. And that's me bragging. I'm absolutely bragging about my team. Mm-hmm. Like, team off. Who wants to have a team off? I've literally suggested that before. <laughs> Bring <laughs> it. Bring it. I love my team and they are badass. And one of the things that we do, so I'm revealing one of our secrets, is every single one of them is looked at as a manager. They own the metric, so they are responsible for the metric, but I don't care if they don't do anything. I mean, I care a little bit, but if they're hitting that metric, that's all that matters. And so they have access to a team of virtual assistants, graphic designers, video editors, just basic virtual assistants. Their job is to work with them to whatever capacity they want to work with them to get the results that they are responsible for. Mm -hmm. So I'm not paying my people to work and stay busy. I'm paying them to own a metric and drive a result. That is it. And that was the example we gave on like the first week or the second week where I saw one of our team members in Photoshop trying Mm -hmm. to design a little thumbnail. I'm like, what are you doing? No, 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 no. And she felt bad. I'm like, you should feel bad that you are doing this because you spend three hours in Photoshop making a pretty little graphic. And I'm not saying it's a unique graphic that increases conversion. I'm saying it's a thumbnail, which is like the same template template with just different text for the different episode. Episode numbers change. Take our design VA like literally 20 seconds to exactly. Mm -hmm. And 20 cents and <laughs> no, I don't know what it would cost. Like, you know, your VAs in the Philippines are going to be so much cheaper because, you know, and people don't really understand this, but because the weight of the dollar carries so much more, uh-huh. you know what I mean? So gosh, and I think their, their minimum wage down there is, is so inexpensive. So we pay them all far more than minimum wage. Yes. Our VAs that we've worked with for over a decade this is a dream job. You know what I mean? A lot of people get into all kinds of stuff like, oh my goodness. And whether you're taking jobs from the US or this is slave waivers. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is their dream. I would never been hired if we didn't have. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have a very close relationship. We love our our VA team and they love their job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's a freaking beautiful relationship. And when I'm paying someone considerably more here, it's also because they have much higher responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't want them doing tasks. No. I, I, that's what the assistant is for, is to do the task, and they're there to manage. So more responsibility, more pay, and they get to work with others that can do all the low-value stuff. Yeah. Everyone in your company, including yourself, should have a constant attitude and perspective of delegating and elevating their role, always. Yes. Even like our VAs, like Cess, love her to death, and... We even train her now to delegate and elevate her role. And we like gave so her an assistant awesome. because we're like, she's doing too many little things. I need her on like the mm-hmm. the really like important things. <laughs> Absolutely. So dadding, where can you dad something every week? What yeah. can you delete? Stop doing. If you're having a weekly meeting, this is a great question to ask. Yes. Our, during our executive meetings, one of the questions each one of us answers is, what's one thing that we're dadding this week? Mm-hmm. Just have that constant. It can be all of one of all three. It can be one of the three. Mm-hmm. What are you going to delete, automate, or delegate this week? Mm-hmm. It's about constantly finding free space, fighting for your free space, mm-hmm. really. Okay, let's go on to number five, which is 
repurposing. This is a general one, but it's really important. It's getting you on the idea that a lot of time is wasted because people constantly reinvent the wheel. Yeah. They go into another launch and they start over from scratch. They don't use the same emails. They create the new program. They create new the strategy. new sales page, mm-hmm. the new strategy. They, I go, I did a challenge launch. It did okay, but I'm going to do more. I want to do more, so I'm going to do a video series launch. And that did okay too, but now you're just constantly starting at zero and creating, creating, creating. And it's like, why not just do the challenge launch again and rinse and repeat everything you did and improve like three things, two right. things to make it even better. Right. And it's so much less work. If you're doing a debrief, you shouldn't be changing more than four things in your launch at any yeah, time. Yeah, and I say three. Yeah. I mean, the less, the better. You mm-hmm. can do one thing and just rinse and repeat, repurpose. Someone asks you to speak virtually or in person, use the same presentation that you spoke at another event. And get the recording. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, because then you're <laughs> repurposing that content right. for your business. That's genius. But stop creating, and I'm so guilty of this, so I have to tell myself this. Stop creating a new presentation. Stop creating brand new content for everything you do. You're asked to be on 10 podcasts. Share the same gosh darn content mm-hmm. and just refine it and improve it and repurpose it. Otherwise, you got to spend a couple hours here, 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 and here prepping, planning, researching, and creating everything. That is so much wasted time and energy Mm -hmm. you trickle that down to your team and they're recreating something from scratch every time right just stick with what works and repeat it that's where the death of the entrepreneur comes in you know really there is a correlation that people don't like this but everyone loves being identified as an entrepreneur but the entrepreneur can be one of the biggest threats to a thriving business. The entrepreneur comes up with new ideas and they get excited and innovate and all that stuff. But too much of a good thing will destroy productivity mm-hmm. and performance in a business because you're constantly, the entrepreneur wants to break things and try a different way. Let me see if this will work. Let me, uh, let's try this. And it's so much energy at the creation startup mode that at one point or another, you have to you know, get into high gear and cruise. You got to set up autopilot on the, you know, or cruise control on the car at one point. And that entrepreneur has to die. And when you kill off a bit of that entrepreneur within you, once you've got something working and going, performance can drastically increase. Mm -hmm. In other words, more discipline, less like, well, what's going to excite me today? This doesn't light me up anymore. I'm not having fun anymore. That's on you. Find a way to have fun without destroying your business every day. I'm gonna start over. I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm gonna start from scratch again because that will burn you out and then you definitely won't have fun. No. You won't have fun when you're broke and exhausted and like need to take a huge sabbatical from your business. Yeah, and that's not gonna create, if you have a team, that's not gonna create a lot of team Oh, morale. no, they don't they hate that. No, yeah. Oh, he's just gonna destroy it again. What's the point of working on this? He's just gonna start over and she's just gonna do it this way again. And- exactly. Why would I put my whole effort into something that's just gonna... never be used again. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So repurposing is a big word. It's a big concept. It's stop doing things over and over and over again. You did it once. Milk it. Yeah. Every single thing that you as the CEO or the personal brand are doing in your business, I feel like should be that's presented to the public at least or customers or something should be able to be used at a minimum of three times. I think if you create that as a general rule of thumb for yourself and for your team in like ways you make decisions, you'll be, you know, set to repurpose a lot of your content. And lastly, as boring as it is, number six is planning. We do a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. We've had our calendar planned two years out in advance in the past. We have our whole year always planned when we start the year. We know when things are, we're not doing things reactively. And then we have meetings to plan things, Mm -hmm. you know, like- We have uh, a meeting to plan the plan. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But planning is such a big one. What is the plan, the dates, the execution guide, who's doing what. So it's Mm -hmm. really simple. That's why we love what we offer in Business by Design. It's like, okay, here's our whole year. Here's our 90 days. We focus on the next 90 days. We say, okay, we're doing a launch this next 90 days. We grab our execution guide. We do a meeting to say, what of the execution guide are we doing? And then who's doing what? And when does it need to be done? That's a plan. Mm -hmm. The strategy and then who's doing what and when is it due? So like, we're going to do a webinar. Okay, who's doing the webinar slides? Well, probably James. Okay, who's creating the webinar registration? But okay, Probably this, Jilly. <laughs> probably Jilly. And it'll be done by this date. And then who's running the ads? Who's doing the copy? Who's doing the creative? Mm-hmm. Who's doing all the technical, you know, checkout and- What do we need for social? All that. Exactly. That's the planning. Mm-hmm. We plan it. And you know what helps us create the best plans the best way? 
The debrief. Yes. The debrief is like the, what do we want to call it? It's kind of like the treasure map for your plan. It's the post plan. Yeah. It's the post plan after the plan before the next plan. (laughs) The magic is in the debrief. And when you take a look back at what you just did at the plan you just implemented after that launch, that promotion, that thing, that's where all the gold is. Mm -hmm. That's where the lessons, the opportunities, here's what worked. Here's what we want to do more of. Here's what we want to keep doing build on top of here's what we want to start doing that we didn't do Mm -hmm. and here's what we need to stop doing yep right and that all happens in the debrief planning 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 people don't the entrepreneurs don't like to plan no and they don't they are so spontaneous so but really like the magic is in the planning so start planning way earlier than you and you would anticipate yep because there's so much more magic that you can create when you give yourself the time and the space to do it 100 percent. the thing is this is like Entrepreneurs talk about this, but I'm so intuitive led and driven by how I feel in the moment and all that type of stuff. And I'm like, I understand you're preaching to the choir, Mm -hmm. but when you build a business with a team, you don't understand the impact that has on a team. They need that structure. They need to know what's happening. They need to know where are we going? They're not just going to sit around waiting for you to feel like it. No, they need something to like look forward to and be excited about. Not just like hoping that you come up with an idea tomorrow. Exactly. Because they're not in your head or your heart. Mm -hmm. So here's how we compromise. Okay. Will you (laughs) compromise with me, please? That intuitive in the moment, download, spark, whatever, you need to stay tuned to that and you use that for content creation. And you need to create enough space, white space in the calendar in your life to create that content when you feel like it, when it's feeling, boom, that webinar, that product, that that email, that whatever. But it needs to be within a container of a launch. And then when it's done, you reuse it. Mm-hmm. You reuse it and you give it to the team and say, hey, this was this very powerful training or webinar or thing or do, 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 do. Reuse it. Use it here in this launch. Use it in this email. Use it in this sales page. Use it there and reuse it and use it again. And now I don't need to be worried about it. And then they can have the, hey, hey, yeah, she created this amazing piece of content. We're going to put this in the course. We're going to put this in the sales page. We're going to put this here, whatever. And that's how you find the compromise. Mm -hmm. But if your whole team is just sitting there like waiting for you, is it today? Today? No, they're not going to. Do we have a project today, James? (laughs) Exactly. So planning is huge and you've got to have that structure. It's a big one. So we talked about six things today that are going to help you be more efficient. I know. What did I warn you guys about from day one? These things are not sexy. This is what you want to hear. This is like, this isn't going to turn my computer into an ATM machine and have money fall from the heavens. And this doesn't have me staying abundant and light and free, but it really does. Yep. I'm telling you, we've, we've talked about these things for a long time. We've talked about these with members and, the, and we can tell the difference from members and clients that implement these and those that don't. Oh yeah, there's like high level clients that have, we've been telling about Scorecard for years and they still haven't done it, but then yeah. they finally do and they're like, what have I been waiting for? Yeah. You will <laughs> like, with all know. of these things. Yeah. So <laughs> this episode as part of our series of Down to Business is to help you run a healthier, leaner business, more profitable, more efficient, more workable business. Higher performing higher performing. And today we wanted to have a conversation around what we really believe are the team level, operational level factors that go into creating higher levels of performance and efficiency. And we really discussed six things, integrity, structure, saying no, creating more white space, dadding, repurposing, and planning. If you took one of those and started chewing on that and working on that in that, your business, you will see a difference. This isn't like it's an all or nothing, like a recipe. It is a in the pursuit of and moving in that direction of. Mm-hmm. We will get you going in that direction if you started with one. Right. And it doesn't matter which one you start with, but you should start with integrity because none of the other stuff works without integrity. Mm-hmm. You can't delegate effectively and have that work if there is no te- integrity. Right. Okay, so there you have it. What do we have coming next on the show? Next is Darlene's episode. Wow. Yeah, we're doing a whole list, your operations wish list, which are just things you got to start thinking of. We're probably unselling business to some people because they're like, this is what running a business really is, but I wouldn't have it any other way. No. You know, it's just like when parents talk about their kids, they're like, oh, it's like the hardest, worst thing in my life, and it's the best thing in my life. (laughs) I wouldn't know, but... I will tell you, that's how business feels at times. Like it's a lot. You're signing up for a lot more than if you just went and got a job, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have it any other way ever. Like we love what we do. We do what we love and it's amazing and we help a lot of people. And yeah, you're going to have to do the things that are required to run a business. 
And some of those things we're going to talk about, like the HR, the legal, the taxes, the payroll, and all that type of stuff. And you're going to need to start putting your brain on those. Yeah. And these are the types of things that help you attract people to help bring your vision to life. These are the things that are going to be required to pass along your vision to someone else so that they can really like take these things and run with them moving forward. So such important stuff coming. I hope you found tremendous value from these episodes. If not, I'm a little concerned, but that's another episode. And please let us know what has been the most valuable takeaway from this episode and the series over on the Instagram. Let us know. Send me a DM. Please, please, please. I really appreciate hearing from you. Jilly does as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hi, James here. And thank you so much for tuning into our very special down to business series that we've created for you. And I think the fact that you've made it here to the end means that you're the type of business owner and entrepreneur that knows just how important these topics are to actually running a successful business like an actual business. And I wanted to help you with that. One of the many things that I've learned and discovered over the years as a tool that has allowed my team and I to perform at higher and higher levels is something called a scorecard. You see, when every member on your team owns a very specific metric and you track that metric every week, you're going to see your performance naturally increase. And although this may overwhelm some entrepreneurs at first, what metrics do we record and how do we record them? We wanted to make it easier for you. So I've got a very special gift. When you opt in for my little special freebie at jameswedmore.com forward slash scorecard, I am going to give you absolutely free a scorecard template that you can immediately plug and play into your business. Plus, as an example, you're going to learn from the exact scorecard that I use in my own business to run our eight figure company. This is a plug and play pre-made tool that you can immediately go to work and use in your business, even if you only have one additional team member part-time working for you. Implement this now. Do not wait. It is that valuable. Head on over to jameswoodmore.com forward slash scorecard to get your free scorecard template right now. Hey, it's James here. And if you're like me, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all the new content that you're learning on a weekly basis, especially when you have someone like me who's producing at least an hour on the podcast every week. That's why I want to invite you to tune in and re-listen to some of the best segments and highlights of our show over on YouTube. When you visit jameswedmore.tv, you'll get a series of weekly uploaded YouTube videos highlighting the best parts of our show so you can go back and re-listen to the parts that are gonna make the biggest difference for you. That's jameswedmore.tv. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you over there. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.